Welcome to the Mandalorian Podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial podcast for the Outer Rim. My name is Matt, and joining me in the co-pilot seat is Pete. Hello, the Pete. What up, all my Mandos and my Mandettes? It is Monday, September 7th. It is Labor Day for us. It's a Mandalorian Monday. And so happy to dust off the feed here in advance of the Emmys, in advance of season two of Mandalorian, for which we now have a date, Friday, October 30th. The first episode will stream on Disney+. Plus. It, it is quite a thing to say there's more Mandalorian next month. And I know it's, you know, towards the end of next month, but to be that close to it, it's 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 certainly exciting and uh the season continues to be in high uh high secrecy mode i think that we should certainly feel glad that they wrapped filming i believe on march 6th so they could fully hand off that production to to post-production throughout the the coronavirus situation that's been going on and i don't know if in an alternate reality we're getting this you know earlier in october but i think they had always had that October date, or the earliest date I recall hearing was October. They've clearly been able to stick with it, albeit the last Friday in October. And uh, Pete, I'll take it as we count down. I gotta wonder if uh, the date having been announced towards the end of last week was a result of Star Trek picking Thursday, October 16th, and then wanting to distance a little bit, no confusion, a little deference. Uh, But we were promised October. We got October. I will take it the start of the season, the day before Halloween. So Pete, there is a long-standing fantastic geek tradition where we want to get info out there. We want to podcast stuff as soon as possible. And then we'll say, you know what, let's like wait a day or two in case a trailer comes or new information comes, whatever questions are out there. Uh, but then we go ahead and here we are recording this as you said, on uh, on Monday, September 7th. So we can expect a trailer like tomorrow, right? Exactly. It's the way it happens, so you're welcome. But uh, again, speaking to the secrecy, the, the near total secrecy that this season has been filmed under as it's now a known commodity since last November and all the buzz and then the notoriety about the Emmy nominations we'll talk about in a second. Uh, far greater than I think anybody had anticipated and clearly the signature show on Disney plus, but somehow not one moving image of season two is public. And I, I mean, again, you even think for season one, I mean, there was the break in where some props were stolen. There was some TMZ shots of, you know, guys in stormtrooper outfits none of it you know particularly shocking but uh i mean and then further heck for season one you think of the uh the panel that was at celebration which um very quickly footage that wasn't supposed to be shared outside the convention hall was shared none of that here and i think that that 100 percent plays to the strengths of the show i mean nobody knew Baby Yoda, I know that's not the term, but nobody knew that there was a a, a child of uh, Yoda species uh, in that first episode. So 
insofar as these are kind of um, somewhat more simple stories, you know, it's not as complex as Westworld or Game of Thrones keeping track of characters across five seasons that disappear and come back and all that. It's slightly less complex than that, but still they trade in the deepest of secrecies. Yeah, and they've been highly successful at it. I mean, we've had some casting. We'll we'll talk about that in a minute. But Matt, let's dig into the uh, accolades for season one. Yeah, and I think the biggest surprise in terms of Emmy nominations was that uh, the show is nominated for for best drama series, um, outstanding drama series. I, again, I think. I mean, it's not to disrespect the show to say I didn't think that that would happen, but I certainly didn't think that would happen. I think that while there's a bunch of technical awards that we can talk about for a moment, to know that, you know, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, Kathleen Kennedy, Colin Wilson, and Karen Gilchrist all uh, producer nominees for, you know, Outstanding Drama Series, that's a huge, huge takeaway for the show. And you look at the company that they're in, it's one thing to get a nomination, but to include it with shows the caliber of Better Call Saul, Ozark, The Crown, The Handmaid's Tale, Stranger Things, Killing Eve, and Succession. I mean, this is upper crust, Matt, um, and further raises the profile. I mean, listen, as, as a genre show, as the first ever Star Wars live action show, obviously everything that came with that but being nominated for best drama that's that's like star wars getting nominated for best picture (laughs) something that did happen once upon a time uh that said i mean i know that that there was some chirping online when the emmy nominations came out like how could they do this it was such a predictable season i mean i don't know that it was predictable i i think that as we've discussed many times before, it's a show that leans into the familiar archetypes and tropes of the genres that inform it, samurai, cowboy, space opera, and so forth. So, you know, again, there wasn't kind of some sort of sixth sense twist at the end where you say, and the Mandalorian was Luke Skywalker all along. You know, it wasn't complex in that way, but I think that it was... I don't know. There was a certain construction to it where it felt familiar and new, and I think that's part of what's being rewarded. Then add to it all the creative arts uh, Emmys that it's been nodded, uh, nominated for. Uh, you know, whether it's the the voiceover that Taika Waititi did for IG Eleven, uh, and then a whole bunch of the technical stuff here: cinematography, costumes, uh, production design, makeup. You know, editing things like that. But have to definitely single out you have outstanding guest actor nomination for Giancarlo Esposito as Moff Gideon uh and uh, unsurprising to me but rewarding nonetheless to see uh Ludwig Göransson nominated for his music I think Göransson is going to win and I think that's going to make that Oscar winner an Emmy winner uh he's all already a Grammy winner so Pete sometime in the next 10 years Ludwig Göransson <laughs> has to do uh, a show on Broadway and yep. become an EGOT the, the Mandalorian uh, musical on Broadway <laughs> coming from uh, Disney when we reopen uh, physical theaters uh, for, for live performance. But yeah, I mean, we knew that this show and, you know, we, we made a conscious decision not to do week by week the, uh, the Mandalorian uh, gallery episodes. 
um, they, they were great from an information uh, standpoint and, you know, to, to relive the, the show. Not a ton in terms of things to, to chew over, definitely not on a week by week basis. And, you know, that was stuff where Disney was saying, all right, what what do we have? What can we turn into content, uh, particularly in, in full pandemic mode there? But, you know, the, the technical uh, awards, you know, all deserving. I mean, the, the stuff they did with the volume, uh, you know, we knew they were doing this theater in the round. But, you know, that that's clearly the most enlightening stuff to come out of those gallery segments. I'll add to that. If you do go back and watch the, uh, the Mandalorian gallery episodes, fun game you can play. Pour yourself a glass of lemonade. Okay. Each time John Favreau uh, asserts himself by interrupting someone, take a drink. And the challenge to yourself is can you make it through the episode before your bladder is about to explode? Because and I get it. He's, he's the creator. He's the principal writer. He's the executive producer. He's brought in billions of dollars of box office for prior stuff that he's directed. But Anybody could say anything, and if he wants to chime in, he will cut you off, and he will keep talking, and you will be quiet. There you go. When last we talked, Matt, which is actually, uh, it was May 7th, and today, September 7th, so four months ago, today, uh, Mandalorian, um, casting obviously had been completed, they had done that, but what had leaked out to that point, uh, and then... What do you know, a week later, less than a week later, we had really, really big news in terms of some names. Pete, to know that we have Rosario Dawson on the radar for the show, to know not just acting-wise, we'll be talking about directors in a little bit, I think it just adds to the excitement. And again, it's with this backdrop of number of costume test photos, zero. Number of publicity stills, zero. Number of... Uh, you know, kind of contemplation, Russo brothers sitting there in an empty soundstage pictures, none, none of it kind of adding to this, uh, to the suspense here, just press releases here and there. And Dawson, I think ideal dream casting, somebody who had openly campaigned for the role and got it. And it seemed like a lot of the campaigning took place possibly after she did it which might be the coolest way to do it like i got this now let me campaign for the role that i've already performed pete what other casting news has transpired in uh, low these four months so the one i had teased was not uh rosario dawson i teased katie sackoff is uh coming to live action star wars she is reprising a character she has played in animation uh the mandalorian bo katan crease so that'll be really cool starbuck is now in star wars yeah that's a super fun uh super fun deep cut it really is interesting how the mandalorian as a as a very standalone show, at least that's how it was presented. And I think by and large, it can exist uh, standalone. You don't need to understand the prequels and the sequels and the original. You don't need to have all of that knowledge, but you know, of course you get, you get the little, uh, 
sizzle at the at the end of that eighth episode and then you get characters like Bo-Katan as you're saying where if you want that immediate history great go back on Disney plus go back and watch uh, Clone Wars and Rebels go back and kind of you know add to your knowledge and if you don't then what you're going to get from her I would assume it's not going to be like oh I remember in the Clone Wars and I'm only going to understand this if I you know have cross-indexed all those episodes She'll exist as standalone in live action and as more in those older episodes. Yeah. Um, Tamura Morrison, Star Wars royalty, Jango Fett, all the clone troopers. He is back, but we are not sure. Is he playing Boba Fett? Was that Boba Fett who went over to Ming-Na Wen's body at the end of the fifth episode in season one. We still don't have that answer. Was it somebody else? Or is he playing uh, any of the clones, maybe even Rex? I know the Hollywood Reporter is stating one or the other. I don't want to be too spoilery, Pete, but uh, Hollywood Reporter conclusively states that it is one of those characters and that there's no ambiguity whether that is actually the case i guess time will tell uh i believe when last we spoke we had mentioned that michael bean he of uh terminator uh and and aliens uh is going to be in it but i think new to our discussion is the much vaunted timothy oliphant as cobb vanth which is a very star wars sounding name Definitely, and both uh, characters that we're going to recognize. Uh, Bane is playing a bounty hunter, um, an OG bounty hunter, not a droid bounty hunter. I'll I'll leave it at that, okay? And uh, Oliphant's character has actually appeared in a novel before. So again, you know, we spend a lot of time when we're, doing marvel podcasts when we do star trek podcasts we spend a lot of time talking about uh nostalgia connecting to the old connecting to the larger universe you know mcu star trek universe etc i think star wars is unique in that relative to those properties it has uh a much lower amount of live action stuff that has been shot released etc and then kind of ratio wise way more novels comics extended universe kind of stuff relative to the amount of live action stuff that you have so there is this ability to be like oh my goodness i love i love cobb vanth i wish there was more oh wait let me go get the star wars aftermath trilogy of novels and i can learn more flip side is if it's like all right he was cool i'm more interested in other things it's not that it's not that feeling of well to to properly understand uh what Cisco is escaping from at the beginning of Deep Space Nine, if you've never seen Next Generation, well, you need to do these eight Borg episodes to really get it. It's just, again, it's this weird mix of standalone and larger universe. Also, when last we spoke, Matt, we had some of the directorial choices for season two, not all. And one of the criticisms we had was no women in the director's chairs. And this summer, it's been confirmed that Bryce Dallas Howard will be back to direct an episode. So she joins uh, returning directors Rick Famuyiwa uh, and Dave Filoni. And then joining them as new is John Favreau, uh, which, by the way, Pete, I'm looking at the Wikipedia article here. They claim Favreau is returning to direct. Favreau did not direct 
in season one. I'm going to have to go in there and make an edit. Uh, But then joining newbie Mandalorian director Jon Favreau is uh, Ant-Man director Peyton Reed, the much-vaunted Robert Rodriguez, and then, uh, as promised, I feel like as early as, like, last October, before Mandalorian Season 1 had come out, Carl Weathers directing an episode. Yes, we had known that very, very early on. The only reason Deborah Chow did not return is she's been so busy prepping the Obi-Wan show. Yes, and I think while we're in a galaxy far, far away, worth noting, no no news on that. I mean, certainly it had slowed. There had been a, a pause in pre-production, uh, and obviously then Corona came a, a, along. So I think it's now a longer pause uh, but no new news on the Obi-Wan show at this time. Redoing some scripts, drop the order a little bit. Remember, this was something that began life as a feature film. Good thing is we have uh, Ewan McGregor involved. There's more than whispers that Hayden Christensen uh, would be back. So we'll see. Still kind of in a holding pattern. I can only imagine as the Mandalorian machine gets up and running for uh their episodes in october more will come out but matt all we have is a season two date we have a season two kind of like album cover less of a poster you know they went from an orange palette to a to a colder blue palette the child is on there with mando uh but how about this viral marketing uh near lax last week Guy in a jetpack reported by an airline pilot uh, at 3,000 feet. Uh, Pete, I think you're saying that tongue-in-cheek. It is true that there was a jetpack guy flying around LAX. I actually think it was more than one uh, pilot saw it. Like I think there's yes. multiple tapes. Uh, the FAA, I think the FBI are both investigating. So I don't know if it's viral marketing, but boy... The timing is weird that we have Jetpack Guy in L.A. as we count down to uh, the return of the other Jetpack Guy on TV. And given that The Mandalorian, again, embraced that secrecy, so little available. I mean, last Christmas, the buzz was, you know, Baby Yoda and, and the show and everything like that. And there was so little available. And since then, we've finally had the onslaught of you know child merchandise and matt you've been digging into and i've been appreciating vicariously uh your latest lego project yes getting what what was uh named when i bought it the uh lego star wars razor crest since it's been needed to be renamed because apparently in europe disney didn't copyright razor crest until somebody else had copywritten it after the show came out in the U.S., but not in Europe, blah, blah, blah. Um, But A, it's just been a ton of fun as a larger Lego build. Um, What what was interesting was this, Pete. I discovered it yesterday. And again, I don't want to take too much theory uh, lead from a Lego build, but I was building something. I don't look ahead in the instructions. I was building something, didn't know where it was going to go, and uh, kind of went on... This thing that I realized was, um, at least for a Lego figure, was an escape pod. Uh, Ended up going on top of the ship, kind of, if the ship had a dorsal fin, you know, like a shark fin on top, 
uh, that's where it would go in terms of the placement of, of the overall body. So it does make me wonder, you know, licensing between Lego and Star Wars, licensing between Lego and Disney is a, is a deep thing. Did somebody somewhere along the way say, you know, as they're talking about designs and it's being approved, say, hey, instead of a flat top there, why don't you put in something like this? Or, hey, in, in the Lego um, uh, Millennium Falcon, you had an escape pod. Wink, wink, what if you did that here? So, again, I don't want to read too much into it theory-wise, but it shocked me as a builder, and it's now something I'm going to be looking for uh, at home. So you heard it here first, season two, big escape pod uh, subplot for Mandalorian. Uh, But in the meantime, Matt, Mandalorian, we've just finished up our final Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. Seven years there with that series. Marvel TV as a brand, the door kind of closing there. We're getting ready for the uh marvel cinematic universe television that's going to hit disney plus i'm talking uh falcon and the winter soldier wandavision loki all those other shows in development we got star trek lower decks going on right now we're doing that on our star trek discovery podcast feed which in six weeks we'll have season three episodes there and again we're getting ready for mando all of it all 19 feeds for now of uh fantastic geek brought to you by the good people of patreon.com slash fantastic geek yes we could not do it without the support of those who go to patreon.com slash fantastic geek helping keep the current catalog growing keeping the back catalog online it's just so so appreciated to have that support uh you know it's funny pete uh before let's say before star trek discovery was announced we kind of knew mandalorian was coming out october we hadn't ruled out the possibility that they would have to delay that because of corona although i think our instinct was was not you know since the show finished on time but i had i i had this list on my wall of stuff we were going to podcast and like after lower decks it ran out um and now with Star Trek Discovery with Mandalorian with hopefully Black Widow retaining its release date uh, and on and on and on. It's it's now a busy time again. We're running through that bandwidth. We're running through that storage and that that support that we do get on Patreon is is helpful now more than ever. Absolutely. Can't contribute and we certainly acknowledge the economic realities of the time. Get yourself over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a a rating. Take seconds. Leave us a review. Takes a little bit longer, but all of those appreciated in terms of helping us do our thing. Now, Pete, looking at the schedule, penciled into the schedule is just one more Mandalorian podcast for, you know, uh, October 25th or so, but... That's kind of a lie, because looking ahead, there's got to be a trailer between now and a week before Season 2 comes out. There's Tomorrow. Gonna be, <laughs> tomorrow, for example. There's going to be Emmy Awards later this month, and even if Mandalorian walks away with, uh, I was going to say no wins, Ludwig Göransson is going to win for the music, um, and, and probably a bunch of the technical awards as well the show will take. But we have Emmy Awards to talk about, win, lose, or draw. We have a trailer drop to talk about before we properly 
preview season two one more time. So when's that going to happen? Don't know exactly, but I know we'll be covering those things at some point between now and that final season two preview in the third uh, the third weekend of October. Absolutely. So whether you're subscribed to this feed, whether you're following along with us on Facebook, on Twitter, give you an update as to when that will happen. Pete, how can people be in touch with you to talk about uh, prognostications for that trailer, Emmy prognostications, season two prognostications, etc.? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R. 11,515 followers can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more! Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek. All one word with the P and the H like it today. Much like the Mandalorian moving hither and yon, unpredictability abounding. When will we talk about the Mandalorian again? No one knows. I know, Pete, though, we'll be back next Saturday for those listening on the Pop Culture Podcast feed. We'll be back next Saturday to talk Star Trek Lower Decks episode 106. So there's certainly that to look forward to. In the interim, Pete, I know there's all sorts of star adventures ahead and I can't wait to take them. So I will say, adios, fellow listeners, and give you the final word. I have spoken. Thank you.